Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. This is something, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, that you have to start to ask yourself about. Mm. Yesterday, we heard Jerry Jones, and in case you didn't hear it, we'll play it for you again, um, talk about, for the first time, I think, his age and where he is as owner of the Cowboys in terms of wanting to win and the urgency to win. Here he is on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas yesterday. I uh, am uh, conscious of it all the time. It's different than it was 10 years ago. Uh, That never crossed my mind 10 years ago that uh, you might be running out of time. It does cross my mind now. And... uh, uh, consequently, uh, uh, I don't have time to have a bad time. Uh, it's not on my schedule. <laughs> and uh, I think that is the thing. My schedule has tightened up, and I have uh, 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 a little less uh, cruising time and a little more doing time. First of all, I don't, I don't know why he's calling it schedule, but we Sch- went through that schedule. yesterday. <laughs> and as you said, it's a great line to say, I don't have time to have a bad time. Yeah, it's not cruising time, it's doing time. But right now, it, it, if it's not this year, it's very, very soon is his last best chance to get another championship. And I hate to sound maudlin about it, mm-hmm. but you have to recognize that you're at that stage. Yeah, he's and on he deck. Does, he's on he deck. does. He's on deck. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, recognize where your team is and the team's opportunity is now or in the next year well carlin let me ask you this question of is it the, the team, best chance of the teams that would be in the playoffs right now in the nfc who has the best quarterback so of i'm gonna give teams. you i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a team it's the philadelphia eagles mm-hmm. the cowboys the giants the vikings the falcons the seahawks and the 49ers well uh, to me that is the eagles it's not by much. The Eagles have the best quarterback. One and one A. I think that so you're he saying is that slightly better Jaylen than Dak. Hurts is better than Dak Prescott right now. Yeah, I am. Wow. Okay. Slightly. Okay. Again, not one and two, one and one A. All right. Okay. So here's what I'm saying. You have either the best quarterback or the second quarter best quarterback in the entire playoff field, potentially. Why would you not be aggressive at the trade deadline? Why would you not go out and get another weapon for Dak Prescott on the outside? Do you realize that their second leading receiver is Noah Brown? I mean, Michael Gallup is not the same receiver that he was before the knee reconstruction. Rookie Jalen Tolbert has been a non-factor. I I just feel like you need more firepower outside of CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is great, but what happens if he goes down, Carlin? You have no semblance of a downfield threat in your passing game. So I just felt like a move at the trade deadline would have given them more margin for error in their passing game. And a guy like Brandon Cooks made a whole lot of sense because he's got deep speed and he's been able to make it work with the who's who cast the quarterbacks. So, I mean, I just don't understand why you would let the $18 million salary in 2023 for Brandon Cooks hold up doing a deal yesterday in order to get your quarterback another weapon that you're probably going to need to go up against some of the more explosive offenses in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I listen, I totally agree. I think that they dropped the ball here. 
I think there was an opportunity to go and do something, even if it was Chase Claypool, who we heard would have been, uh, you know, the the uh, Packers offered a second round pick for him, and they got the better second round pick out of the Chicago Bears, or what's likely to be the better second round pick. If I were the Cowboys, well, they might not have want to go invest a second round pick in a Chase Claypool. They might have decided, you know what, we can get uh, a receiver that can be a value add, a veteran guy, not a developmental prospect, somebody that can contribute right now, and, and it's not going to cost us that kind of draft capital because of the salary constraints. So I, I don't. My whole point is this: I'll worry about tomorrow's money tomorrow. Let's get a a weapon for my quarterback today, and that was the opportunity that they missed. So you would not have given a second-round pick for Chase Claypool now if you're the Cowboys? No. See, I would have because no. I'm I'm trying to do it now. No, you're trying to do it now, but you can also keep some of that draft cap. Listen, a second-round pick is a valuable commodity. That should be a five- to seven-year starter I, in I the National the, Football I, League. I, I can make the case that Chase Claypool is as good, if not slightly better, than Z.D. Lamb. Yeah, I see, to, I, I, yeah. See, I see where you're going. I'm just saying if I don't have to give up a two, I can use that draft capital next year to add on to whatever deficiencies my team might have. All I'm saying is this. You needed another receiver. CeeDee Lamb is your number one receiver. Yep. You needed another guy that brought that vertical speed element to your receiving core, and you don't have that. Brandon Cooks represented that. It wasn't going to cost you a second-round pick in order to get him. So my whole point is this. Jerry missed an opportunity to upgrade the team in a window that he has to compete for a championship. Now, I think that defense is going to give that window a little more shelf life because the core players on that defense, Trevon Diggs, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, um, those guys are going to be back. Those guys are under contract. They're not going anywhere. So I think you'll be okay in terms of what next year looks like and having a defense that can be your identity. The only thing is... The other teams in the NFC might be better next year. Well, I agree, and that's why it kind of makes the case for me that this could be this. This I think is his last best chance. Uh, if you hit those draft picks next year, great. But that's an if. Like I would rather take something that was not a given, but at least something that I could count on right now that would make me better right now in an NFC that is not great. Yeah. I mean, the Bears made the Claypool move with the next few years in their minds. Correct. The Cowboys could have made that move with this year in their minds. The Packers could have made that move with this year in their minds. And and when we say that the Packers were offering a second-round pick, well, if I'm the Packers at that point, all right, I'll give you two and a five. I gotta go win. Yeah, I don't understand why they and, didn't add on. And the same thing with that, the Cowboys, yeah. though. Like for, and it, not even specifically for that. Okay, anybody. I am a little bit surprised, Chris, that the Cowboys would not go the extra mile here to really try to get better right now because this is going to be close to one of his last chances. And yet they they was everybody trying to fleece the Cowboys and the prices were different. I always have trouble with that argument, Chris. I always have trouble when teams say, "Well, the prices for us were particularly high and we weren't ready to go there." Mm-hmm. When it ends up being something else, and you look at it like, "Wait a second, we couldn't do that." Yeah. Well, why why would they? Unless there's a personal vendetta. Why are you saying? Let's just argue for a second that the Steelers said to the Cowboys, "We want a first round pick for Claypool," and they tell the Bears, "We want a second round pick." You know, 
I, I don't think that's happening. No, I don't think that's happening either, but I do understand guys being a fit for whatever scheme that you run. Okay. And if the Cowboys identify Brandon Cooks as being a better fit for what they want to do with Kellen Moore versus Claypool, then I understand that. And, and I also understand there was a report last week, and I'm sure that the it dropped, but there was a report that the, the Texans wanted a second-round pick for Cooks, which I would not have given. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If the Cowboys were going to give up a second-round pick, then the Houston Texans were going to have to eat some of that $18 million salary, and, and that's something that they were unwilling to do, which is why the deal didn't get done. But I'm surprised that Jerry didn't do anything. Carlin, he didn't even look at potentially addressing the defensive side of the ball and adding somebody in that secondary to replace Jordan Lewis, their, their, their nickel cornerback that they lost to a Liz Frank injury for the rest of the year. That's a big blow. So, yeah, for the Cowboys to sit on their hands doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you survey the landscape of the conference. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, What's the biggest thing you've ever had buyer's remorse on? There are a couple of things in there. Yeah? A couple of things. All right. Yeah. Anything you could say? I, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I bought a car once upon a time. A couple of years later, I realized probably not the smartest idea. <laughs> probably not the smartest idea. Just saying. Well, uh, spending, spending, spending a quarter million on a car is not a great idea. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, you're living the lifestyle at the time. I wish I could have that one back, Bill. <laughs> you're living the lifestyle yeah. at the time. It happened. Yeah, it happened. It was a thing. A lot of us would have liked to have been in that spot, and a lot of us would have probably done the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I, I got remorse when I, you know, I bought an Almond Joy. <laughs> Nothing wow. like a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you were the one that squeezed it out of me. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. A house? Was there a house? No. <laughs> no engagement rings, that's for sure. I know plenty of guys who have had that. Canton Carlin. Whoa. Uh, that, Whoa. That later had buyer's remorse Whoa. for that? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. They yes. didn't get their money back for the ring? Uh, some of them didn't get the ring back. Oh, no. After, that's, that's, after no, it ended. No, no, that and they didn't be, even go through with the a, wedding. That has to be an understanding. Yeah, no, there was one that didn't even go through with the wedding. Yeah. She broke it off, kept the ring. Yeah. That actually happened, too. I actually paid for a wedding that did not happen once upon a time. <sighs> yeah. You're better off for that, though. You don't have remorse for oh, that. Oh, no. No yeah. remorse. I mean, I wish I'd never paid for the wedding yes, in the first place. That's yeah, true. I wish that, that was money that's I true. wish I could have back. Boy. <laughs> and maybe I could put that toward the car. <laughs> <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Oh, my goodness. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
Shopify.com slash network. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. I did have buyer's remorse on one car. One car? Yeah. What was it? Um, well, it's nothing against the, the particular, I won't, it, it was a sports car-ish used. I had taken a year off from college. What kind of car was it? All right, it was an 85 Mustang GT. Okay. Well, how, why well, because so I don't want to speak, say that? Because I don't want to speak ill of the car. I loved the car. Okay. I loved it. But put it this way. There's no need for somebody like me to be driving a five-cylinder car that's light as air. Yeah. <laughs> and it was flying all over the road. Let's just put it this way. Not the most practical decision I've ever made. Gotcha. <laughs> but you just want to go fast like Ricky Bobby. Exactly. I got you. Exactly. I understand it. I got more in tickets than I actually paid for the car. <laughs> Kenty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app. And why are we talking about buyer's remorse? Well, because we oftentimes look at situations in the NFL and you wonder if perhaps somebody has buyer's remorse. Mm. So, in our PC little NFL segment today, we will go with a little bit of buyer's remorse. A reason to talk about the NFL and do it in a fast-paced way. Canty and Carlin, play with pace. Because I have the attention span of a nap. So there we go. Let's get to it. Buyer's Remorse, hosted by Evan Wilner. Go. Buyer's Remorse, the Packers re-signing Aaron Rodgers. Do they have it, Carlin? Oh, they should. They absolutely should. $50 million a year, and all you got them doing is complaining at a championship level? Honestly. $50 million a year, they've lost four straight games, and if the playoffs started today, they'd be on the outside looking in. You don't pay a quarterback $50 million a year not to make the playoffs. Absolutely have Buyer's Remorse. They shouldn't be half-pregnant. Once they made the decision to go with Aaron Rodgers, they should support that decision all the way, including making a deal at the deadline. If they weren't going to do that, then they should have traded Aaron Rodgers before giving him a brand new contract. Next. Cowboys trading Amari Cooper this offseason. Can't he? Buyer's remorse? Absolutely they have buyer's remorse. How could you not? I mean, you're talking about the other receivers not named CeeDee Lamb having a combined two touchdown catches. You have to have buyer's remorse. I'm just saying. If you look at the money that they gave Michael Gallup, I don't know if I'm necessarily getting the player that that money would necessarily dictate. So I just think that they could have saved that money on Michael Gallup and put that into keeping Omari Cooper, just putting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess seller's remorse at that point because they're the ones who traded him away. Yeah, they should have plenty of remorse for that because the Cowboys would be a much better team right now with Omari Cooper. Next. Though the Raiders have buyer's remorse hiring Josh McDaniels, Carlin. Uh, yeah, I think they do. And I have to tell you, I talked to somebody who's been around the league a long time the other day. And we were talking about Patriots assistants and specifically McDaniels. And he just looked at me and he said, yeah, those guys, it just never works out. <laughs> In other words, they just continue to try to do the things that Bill Belichick does to be successful now will mcdaniels have learned from that you would hope so but the early indications are they should absolutely have buyer's remorse yeah they stink they're not good at anything so they should have buyer's remorse no question about it and josh mcdaniels could be a one and done head coach Ooh, ooh, yeah that's a spicy meatball i said it let's go next speaking of the raiders does Devontae adams have buyer's remorse going to the raiders can't he 
No, he doesn't have buyer's remorse because he didn't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers was going to do. He didn't know if Rodgers was going to retire. He didn't know if Rodgers was going to stay beyond this year. And so I think he set himself up for his football future, but also quality of life. He's from the West Coast, wanted to be closer to home, and I'll never fault the player for that. I'll never also fault the player for deciding to get a bag in a state that's income (laughs) tax-free. I don't believe he has buyer's remorse because he got away from Aaron Rodgers. There there is a part of Devontae Adams that has to be chuckling at what's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, the the Green Bay Packers have one more win than the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. So. And I think Devontae (laughs) is very comfortable with what he did, and they're just not off to a good start. But I think he absolutely realizes that the uncertainty that he would have been dealing with would would have been a lot more remorseful to stay. I think you'd have a lot more buyer's remorse if he had stayed in Green Bay. Next. The Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn. Buyer's remorse on both, Carlin? Yes, on the extensions? How could they not? I. What about the Kyler Murray extension? That too. You're going to throw that in you there? Can, you can throw that in there Who so don't far. they have buyer's remorse on? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say John Connor, but he was hurt by <laughs> James Connor. He was hurt last week. Uh, honestly, yes, I, I think they do. The Kime one in particular, I really, I really don't get. Kingsbury, mm, I, I never understood hiring a head coach who had just gotten fired at Texas Tech. I get the offense bit. How has that worked out? This is what I'm saying. Not so much, especially yeah. now that NFL defenses have film on what that offense is. Carl, and I look at this team, there's nothing about the Arizona Cardinals I like. Carl, there's no. I'm just saying, I look at their roster, I look at the GM, the head coach, the quarter. There is nothing about their roster that I like. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to have buyer's remorse on all of it. I do think of the three major contract extensions that were doled out, we could see the Cardinals cut bait from Cliff Kingsbury. I, I don't know that he's going to be long for that job. I really don't. Steve Kimes going to get to hire another coach? Boy, I don't know. I don't know about that. Next. Let's get one more in. Hey, that's a segment we do. I don't know about that. Jets and Zach Wilson. <laughs> buyer's remorse, can't he? Absolutely. How could you not? After seeing what Justin Fields has been able to do with the dysfunction of the Chicago Bears the last two years, how could you not have buyer's remorse on Zach Wilson? At least Justin Fields has shown us flashes in moments, Carlin, right? Absolutely. I mean, even in a blowout loss to the Cowboys, you saw flashes. The guy accounted for three touchdowns. Like, we've seen flashes from Justin Fields. The blowout win that they had against the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Flashes. Even going back to last year, the 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 second half performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they came up short. Flashes. We haven't had those moments with Zach Wilson. We've had a lot of ineptitude from Zach Wilson and a lot of people coming up with excuses as to why he can't get it done. So, yeah, absolutely buyer's remorse on Zach Wilson. If you're power ranking the quarterbacks from the 2021 class, Zach Wilson is fourth at best. At best. They absolutely have buyer's remorse. And, Chris, I don't want to say that I knew what I was talking about, but, dear God, would somebody just listen to me every once in a while? Mm. Because at the time, I was saying that that Justin Fields was 1A to Trevor Lawrence. And I look like an idiot for just even suggesting that now. Justin Fields can make every throw, and he is progressing without a whole lot around him. That is very hard to do. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. So, were they tipping or not? We go live to Philadelphia to get the answer in just moments on ESPN Radio. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Thirty minutes from now, coverage begins. Game four of the World Series, right here on ESPN Radio, and at seven fifteen Eastern time, which is about forty-five minutes from now, Commissioner Rob Manfred will join the crew. Of course, it will be Dan Schulman, Eduardo Perez. Jessica Mendoza on the call buster only as well. Jessica joins us right now live from Citizens Bank Park. Jessica, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. We appreciate the time. Let's get right into it. What are you hearing today about what happened last night at the ballpark? Was there tipping or not? with Lance McCullers. I mean, it's all you're kind of hearing in and around the breakdowns. I've seen probably about 23 different breakdowns between, (laughs) you know, we got Pedro Martinez. I saw Todd Frazier on Get Up this morning. You know, our own Eduardo Perez was staying up late last night, breaking it all down and stuff. But realistically, even being around specifically the Phillies, they weren't they weren't picking up specifically. Yes, there's always tips as hitters. You're always looking for different things, but to be perfectly honest, those home runs were hit based on preparation and understanding of Lance McCullers and how he throws the lefties. I mean, talking to them before the game, Kyle Schwarber was like, he has thrown two fastballs to lefties all postseason. I am sitting 85 miles an hour. And if you can imagine that, we always talk about adding and subtracting. But if you can sit 83 to 86 miles an hour and know that nothing is going to vary from that, you're just, it's like BP-type relaxation knowing that nothing is going to break 86. Jess, I got to imagine that the Astros do not want to be in a situation in Thursday's game where they're down 3-1 with the Phils having an opportunity to close this thing out at home. So what is your confidence level on Christian Javier being able to pitch the Astros back into this series tonight? Huge. Uh, you know, to me, he he is an ace with, I, I get it, everything that Justin Verlander has done throughout the regular season, he's going to win a Cy Young. But when you think about pitching in this atmosphere, everyone I've talked to, even speaking to Framber Valdez before the game, who's his best friend, there's no one calmer on this team all season long. Like, he's that guy you always hear about, right? Like, similar to Ranger Suarez on the flip side with the Phillies last night. Like, these guys just, I mean, it don't matter. Like, line drive hit back at your head, screaming 40,000, insane crowd. Christian Javier has an ability to kind of keep that all like he's just pitching in his back route, backyard. And by the way, when he's pitching in his backyard or pitching anywhere, he's able to elevate this fastball. And t- to me, that's the way to get to these Phillies, especially the big hitters. Everyone remembers Bryce Harper hitting a curveball. We get it. That's the replay you see. But you don't see the swing and miss on the elevated fastball that he's continuing to chase out of the zone, has yet to be able to catch up to it. It's at his chin. Christian Javier does a better job of anybody in that rotation of hitting that spot. 
Jessica Mendoza, ESPN baseball analyst. She's on the call tonight here on ESPN Radio. Game four of the World Series with Dan Schulman and with Eduardo Perez, Buster only. Uh, how do we feel here about Aaron Nola tonight for the Phillies and what he needs to do? He's got to locate that two-seam fastball, and he's he's really unique in this. So as a right-handed pitcher, two-seam is always going to go arm side, meaning kind of to the right, mm -hmm. you know, kind of run and sink. For him, he always throws it glove side. That's his favorite spot to throw. So he jams up lefties and backdoors righties when it's going right. Now, when he got hit up in game one, that pitch was leaking back over the plate, both the lefties and righties, kind of starting in but coming over the white part of the plate. He has got to, because it's such a, there's a reason why guys don't throw the two-seam two to that side of the plate. You have to be able, front door, back door, off the plate, back to black. If you get any of that on white, it's running in the barrels. So that's a huge pitch for him. We talk a lot about his curveball, but to me, it's all about the two-seam fastball. Josh, you mentioned Bryce Harper already. He had that huge home run in last night's game. In this postseason, he's been on an absolute terror. 21 hits, 13 RBIs, and six home runs. What has this postseason in this World Series meant for his legacy and his perception around the sport? Uh, everything. I mean, when you saw him hit the game-winning home run to get the, him, the, his team to this point, it was all what were all the headlines? I mean, everything about him being the golden child and like the, all the things when he was at a young age and the buildup and rookie of the year. And is he ever going to meet those expectations? It, regardless of what he does, and I get it, he's got a heck of a long career and a huge deal, by the way, in Philadelphia, a lot of money still to get paid. But it's about how you cement yourself in October. Coming into November, he has proven night in and night out that these are the games. This is why you pay him the money. It's ultimately why a lot of these guys are getting paid because they need their team to win games and not the, the, the 8 nothing game in June. It's about these games, and there's just a different level. I see it with Alex Bregman on the flip side. There's guys that were born for big moments. Bryce Harper's one of them. And, Josh, just to follow up with that, I, I got to imagine that there's a lot of pressure for Bryce to deliver in this moment knowing that his former team actually won the World Series the year after he left in free agency. Yeah, I mean, pressure's a privilege. Billie Jean King, like, that Hello. is Bryce Harper. I mean, he literally takes that as, like, heck, bring on. He wants the pressure. Mm. He wants the team on his back. The good news is, is they've got a lot of dudes in that lineup that can provide, but he would rather be the kid that's picturing being up, bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded. The entire series is on your back right now, Bryce Harper. That is what he wants. And there is like 1% of the human race that is built for that. And it's an understanding that pressure isn't something that overcomes you. It's something that you're privileged to be in that opportunity. And there's a reason why Bryce Harper has the pressure, because he's really, really freaking good, and he's proven it now. Last one, Jess. Uh, Astros lineup. Who's the guy that's going to get it going tonight? Jordan Alvarez. I mean, I think people forget because how much he was a hero. It feels like months ago now when we're talking about the Seattle Mariners series way back when. He's hitting the game-winning home run that was just magical for the Astros. And by the way, the Mariners team has probably played the Astros the toughest when you now look at like their run until they got to the Phillies. But Jordan Alvarez was carried that offense when they struggled in that series. And so that bat has gone away. And, yes, Alex Bregman, we finally see Altuve getting on. Shoot, Kyle Tucker hit two home runs against the starter tonight, Aaron Nola. So there's so many other guys that get it. But who's the dude? Like, who's the guy you circle? It's Jordan. And that's a bat that has to get going if they want to win this World Series. Canty still has not recovered from you telling him the Yankees had no shot, but turns out you were really right. <laughs> yeah, it went like Mariners to the Phillies. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, have a great call tonight, and we appreciate a few minutes. 
Yes, Canty, I love you. Don't don't forget that. Oh, good. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Jessica Mendoza, ESPN Radio, ESPN Baseball Analyst. She will have the call. Dan Schulman, along with Eduardo Perez and Buster Olney in just a little bit. Coverage begins 20 minutes from now. And a reminder that about 35 minutes from now, 7.15 p.m. Eastern, they will have Commissioner Rob Manfred with them. So be sure to be listening right here on ESPN Radio. What do we do next, Canty? Oh, we made people some money. We did last night, didn't we? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, last night we, we've gotten to the point where we could fire off the money gun if we wanted to because it was a parlay and it wasn't prime time. But it wasn't time. a prime time parlay. Right? I mean, it was not. And this is the thing. We make you so much money. Now there are levels of money that we make you. There's levels to this. Exactly. Yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Listen, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, the the issue that we were talking about throughout the course of the day, what we're, we're getting into here with the... Uh, with this at this point, we, we're talking about uh, the Washington commander situation, mm-hmm. but we're also getting into what here? What was the other thing? I lost my mind. The for a college second. football, playoff. the college football playoff. Thank that you. actually happened last night. Yeah, I lost yeah. my mind for a second. No, it's okay? all good. It's all good. We had the release of the college football playoff standings. All right, listen, I know people are going to go nuts about uh, Tennessee at this point being number one. And about Georgia at this point, like I don't love the fact that Tennessee's number one, even though people are saying that they have the best resume. I think Georgia's going to win this week. You do? I do. I do. I think there's... Interesting. Yeah. Hendon Hooker's a tremendous player. But I think Georgia has been here before. And I wonder if the newness of it all with Tennessee, this could be a week where... You know, somebody smacks them around a little bit. Well, it hasn't seemed to have phased them now. The games that we're talking about them winning, the big ones, have been at home in Knoxville. Now we're talking about them taking a show on the road in between the hedges, and we all know that that's a different environment altogether. And I was talking with David Pollock earlier today because I was on Get Up, and so was he. And he was saying that Georgia's offense is a little better than a lot of people want to give them credit for. And this is going to be the opportunity for them to show up because they're going to have to try to match points with Hendon Hooker and that Vols offense. For as great as Georgia's defense is, they're not going to be able to completely shut them down. I mean, Alabama let them put up 50. So, I mean, you're talking about comparable talent between Alabama's defense and Georgia's defense. So, I I just think that in this situation, Georgia's offense is going to have to come to the party and score some points. And I don't know that I have the same degree of confidence as David Pollock in that group being able to do that. And I'll also say this. It ain't like David Pollock is completely objective in this. But, uh, I, I think it's fair. He did yeah. go to Georgia. Yeah. Now, having said that, two other things real quick. Number one, Clemson in front of Michigan. That's reputation right there. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's 
Michigan's better. Uh, although, I mean, Clemson's quarterback situation. It's uh, a disaster. Yeah, DJU, DJU is. Uh, uh. And listen, and well, Michigan will get smacked. Michigan will get smacked this week, and then Alabama ahead of TCU. People have been complaining about that, guys. I I know TCU's been really good. It's the Big Twelve. Can mm-hmm. we settle down with this? You got more work to do because you're the Big Twelve. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. You see, I just completely lost track of my mind at the beginning of this How segment. did that happen? I, I don't, don't understand know. it. I lo- it was something that we talked about 15 seconds ago, and I'm just gone. Nothing. That's got to be alarming it's for you. for you, Ball Mamble. <laughs> what do we do, Chris? We make people money. That's right. It never gets old. I don't think unlike it does. Z- unlike Zach Wilson getting tired of throwing the ball out of bounds and doing the right thing, we never get tired of doing the right thing and handing out winners on this show. I may not remember something that you told me 10 seconds ago. Yeah. As evidenced by our last little segment. Yeah. Uh, I will remember that last night we won you money yet again. That happened. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. It's Garland's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, so here's the deal. We won last night on Ranger uh, Suarez over two and a half strikeouts and a Phillies win. That was a little two-leg parlay. We have another two-leg parlay for you tonight, Caesar Sportsbook. Canty, I'm going to give you the option. We just talked to Jessica Mendoza, who said that Jordan Alvarez is the guy that's got to get going tonight. Yes. So Jordan Alvarez, to hit a home run tonight, is plus 305. Okay. You like the Phillies tonight a lot. I do. So we can either go the Phillies to win straight up on the money line, or we can go the Phillies plus one and a half. If we go straight up on the money line, that two-leg parlay pays out at plus 800. If we take the run and a half, which really is only a run, I mean, when you think about it, then you're talking about plus 600. What do you mean it's only a run? Well, it's a run and a half. So that means they have to win by two runs. Right, right. So you're only you're only covered if it's a one run game. That's my point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm leaning toward the former with the money line. Okay, that's just me. They are you minus one fifteen to win on the money line. So we're okay. gonna go Phillies to win tonight, but Jordan Alvarez to hit a home run. You might think that's counterintuitive. Oh no 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 no! That is what we call winning. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. You're damn right it is. Three and out. (laughs) Brought to you by Fidelity coming in hot. Oh, Fidelity is coming in hot. Three and out brought to you by Fidelity and Fidelity Investments. Okay. Uh, my buddy Chris Mad Dog Russo, who of course is on first take uh, every Wednesday with Stephen A. Smith, inducted into the radio, the National Radio Hall of Fame last night in Chicago. Stephen A. gave the induction speech. Uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, produced Mac and the Mad Dog for six and a half years. I couldn't feel better for him. Chris is a tremendous guy. And he's the kind of guy, as I told you before, he and I can scream at each other in a fight like you wouldn't believe, and then five minutes later, we're hugging. There's yeah, nothing. there's no question about it. I mean, the guy changed the game with his style and just his overall impact on the medium, and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Every time I've had a chance to be around him, the Mad Dog has always shown me love. So I'm happy for him that he had to have that moment. And, of course, 
if you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, having the man, the myth, the legend, and Stephen A. Smith do it, yeah. it's not a bad way to go. Absolutely. And uh, listen, he's the best sports talk show host there that has ever been on radio, for yeah. sure. Uh, Kansas coach Bill Self, assistant Curtis Townsend, suspended the first four games of the season. Jayhawks imposed several recruiting restrictions as part of the fallout from the FBI investigation into college basketball corruption back in 2017. That, by the way, will include include a Kansas game against Duke early in the season. Really? Yes. Okay, so four-game suspension. Four-game suspension for Bill Self. Okay. Uh, To be fair, it's not a whole lot more than a slap on a wrist. Yeah, that's what I was sitting there thinking about, and this is a Jayhawk-imposed suspension. I, I don't know. It doesn't land right with me in terms of fitting the crime because we know how college athletics was back then. And for the FBI to have to get involved in an investigation, I think it rises to the level that warrants more than just a four-game suspension. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, And then finally, in case you missed it earlier today. Speaking uh, of the FBI (laughs) (laughs) and the federal government. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into allegations that the Washington commanders engaged in financial improprieties. That's according to two sources uh, familiar with the matter that confirmed it to ESPN earlier today. Uh, The sources say prosecutors are focused on several areas, and the inquiry was triggered by a letter from House Committee on Oversight and Reform sent to the Federal Trade Commission and several attorneys that allege deceptive business practices. And that House Oversight Committee investigation, the genesis of that was workplace misconduct and the culture of misogyny and abuse that took place over the two decades that Dan Snyder owned the team. Yeah. So this is the behaviors that were allowed to run rampant in that organization. Once again, biting Dan Snyder in the ass, and I, for one, I'm not sad to see it, Carlin. He and his wife, Tanya, announced today that they were uh, partnering with Bank of America Securities to, quote, investigate all transactions and possibilities. Translation, we're going to try to move on from this thing as quickly as we possibly can because we know what's coming down. And we're hoping that if we sell the team, that'll take some of the heat off our ass. Whenever they put a dossier in front of you, like whenever you hear the word dossier, it's not good. No. Because all that means is... They got a lot on you. Yeah, you know what's worse than dossier? When, when the U.S. Attorney's Office decides they're going to open an investigation on you. How long do you think this is going to be? How long before he is actually selling this team? Carl, because- I, I, I think it could happen. It's, it's going to be a complicated deal, but I think we'll hear names of potential suitors for the Washington Commanders within the next several weeks. I think the names will start to emerge as the people that are candidates to buy the team. Here's what I want to know, though. Is the NFL finally, finally going to have a minority owner in this position? Well, if they were going to do it, this is the market to do it in. Yeah. I mean, D.C. is known as Chocolate City. Mm -hmm. So it would make a lot of sense for the NFL to have this franchise, who was actually the first franchise to have a black team president, have them have a, a owner that's a minority in place. It would make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Byron Allen's a name that comes to mind. Robert Smith and uh, Vista Equity Partners comes to mind. Um, those are some people. I mean, 
Uh, for one, would love to see President Barack Obama be involved in that in a minority Ooh, state. I like you know, that. he's interested in the Phoenix Suns. We'll see what ends up happening. Could you imagine that scenario? That'd be pretty good. All of a sudden, people feel a lot better about the commanders. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.